get ready for the journey of a lifetime. Omega Metroid is excited to launch a new series exclusive to our Patreon channel, The Great Metroid Area Ranking. Our mission is simple. We are going to rank every single area in the Metroid series two at a time. Join us on our Patreon as we delve into all the different locales across this amazing series and get in on the action by helping dictate what areas we rank next. The Great Metroid Area Ranking is available to all Omega Metroid tier patrons. Join us on this incredible adventure and help us decide for the final time which Metroid area is the greatest of them all. OmegaMetroid.com's Patreon is the home to the Great Metroid Area Ranking, ROM Hack Reviews, The Spateri Show, and so much more. Consider signing up today and see you next mission. Hello everyone and welcome to the Omega Metroid Podcast from OmegaMetroid.com. My name is Andy Spateri and I'm here to let you know that unfortunately mine and Dax and Doom's schedules just didn't quite meet up this week and uh, we didn't get a chance to sit down and record a new episode. So um, I'm sorry to give you that bad news but I'm hoping that we can uh, soften the blow a little bit here. We have a Patreon unlock on tap for you this week and it is a doozy of a uh, of a Patreon unlock. This was actually the final game that I played so far for the ROM Hack Review series, um, which was all about Super Metroid Ascent. And this game was crazy. It was super, super difficult, super hard. Um, and it was uh, it was really awesome. Um, now, it's been about a year since uh, this episode came out, maybe a little bit less, but uh, it's been a long time. So I'm actually looking forward to re-listening to this episode myself just to kind of refresh what my thoughts were on um, on this game. It was it was a doozy of a ROM hack. Uh, like I said, again, it was uh, it was definitely an experience. So uh, like I always say, and I'm sure that I'll say this during the episode, if any of you out there had the means to go and try some of these ROM hacks, I can't recommend it enough. There's so many amazing, talented um, developers that that dedicate so much of their own personal time into making these projects for us. So um, yeah, I really recommend that. uh, Like I said, if you have the means, you go and check it out. If you're really, really, really painting for some new Omega Metroid content this week, we don't exactly have it, but Two-thirds of the band was able to uh, to head on over and join a fun Game Explain conversation uh, this week. So so Doom and I were, were fortunate enough to have the day off when uh, this recording took place. So we were able to hop on and talk Metroid Prime 4 with Joey Ferris and a couple other guests, uh, which again, you can check out over on the Game Explain channel. So hopefully that and hopefully ROM Hack Reviews holds everybody over. We will return next week when, the, when our schedules are a little bit, uh, you know, back to more back to normal a little bit um and i guess i should mention as well that um speaking of patreon we will have a new great metroid area ranking this month so that is still on tap that is going down and that will be released if not by the time that you're listening to this show then uh then maybe tomorrow so that is still coming so if you're really really um looking for some omega metroid content for this week you do have options again i'm sorry that we couldn't get our schedules together uh we tried but sometimes it just doesn't work out so instead of skipping a week we thought that we would uh reach into our back pockets and pull out a great episode from the vault so that being said i hope everybody enjoys this rom hack review of super metroid ascent take care
Hello, Omega Metroid patrons, and welcome to another episode of ROM Hack Reviews. This is the final episode of ROM Hack Reviews for the foreseeable future. This segment will probably come back, but it will be a different kind of segment. Maybe one for the regular show. Um, it was ROM Hack Reviews, as I mentioned last month, is a little bit tricky to pull off monthly just because some of these hacks are so uh, detailed and in-depth. Uh, but I am a little bit sad. It's a little bit sad. This has been a fun journey. It's been a year's worth of Metroid ROM hacks. And during that time, man, just got to play some of like the who's who's of, of great hacks like Rogue Dawn or Junkoid or Super Duper or Vitality. Like just... Uh, it's it's so amazing, it's so impressive what what these hackers are able to do that I am a little bit sad that this journey is coming to an end, or at least it's ending for now. It's ending for now. Um, like I said, I think we will revisit the concept in a while, but as we know it, as a Patreon feature, it is going to be retired after this after this show. So uh a little bit, a little bit emotional going on uh, right now, um, and I actually I want to speaking of <laughs> of emotional, um, I just want to give a special thank you to everyone that reached out and and sent well wishes. Uh, I really appreciate it. It's uh, it's definitely been a long couple weeks. I'm not gonna lie, um, and I really, really, really appreciate everyone's patience with um, with getting this episode out a few days late. Uh, I. As we'll talk about in the episode here, there were there were some snags beyond uh, my personal life, but uh, yeah, no, I just I appreciate everybody being cool with this being a couple episodes late. the The next, I was gonna almost spoil something there, but the next Patreon show is is definitely on track for this month. It's coming out um, probably towards the latter part of the month, and I'm really excited for it. And I was. Uh, I was having and hawing whether I wanted to reveal what it's going to be now or whether I wanted to reveal at the end of this show. And I think I'm going to save it for the end because I think if we were to start talking about what's next now, um, it might do a disservice to this ROM hack that we are here to talk about today. Um, and I have a lot to talk about this ROM hack that we are here to talk about today. So that being said... I think that maybe we should just get this ROM hack review up and on the road. And of course, today we are talking Super Metroid Ascent. So I've seen a lot of people say that this is the greatest Metroid ROM hack ever made. And that's why I chose it, because I wanted to go out on a really high note. I So a little bit of... Uh, a little bit of detail here. I think as some of you guys know, I, I started off with uh, a lot of, like, not like longer, but like more full-length games in the last couple months. Just tried to, just tried to do games that were going to be a little bit quicker, a little bit, um, a little bit more digestible, let's just say, for, for me in my spare time. But this one was completely different. I knew this was going to be the last one. And uh, I, I wanted to, like I said, I wanted to end out on or go out on a bang. So, Super Metroid Ascent is uh, is the the game this month. It's the first game listed under the hacks over at Metroid Construction. I want to say it's like I'm gonna fact check myself right now, actually, while I'm saying it. But I want to say it's like one of the top rated hacks um, 
over on Metroid Construction. It might be like one of the top, actually. And it's difficult, and I knew that. But um, I wasn't prepared for maybe how difficult or how massive this game was going to be. So without, uh, without further ado, let's get into it. And of course, we want to start off by mentioning the author of this uh, incredible hack, um, Benox50. So shout out to Benox50. He did an awesome job. And it's actually crazy because that was his first hack, like ever. And in fact, it's uh, it's one of only two hacks that this guy has ever done. So he kind of... He kind of built it and then pieced out and I guess retired on top. So, I mean, shout out to uh, to Ben Ox uh, for, for giving us such a wonderful hack. Um, so let's start off and let's talk about the premise of this game. And there's a lot of unique features here, but it kind of starts off like, uh, you know, the regular Super Metroid intro, stuff like that. And Samus basically says, I was informed the pirates are conducting experiments on dark, dangerous parasites. They have... Uh, or sorry, they investigate their uh, ability for corruption. I must ascend my way from the bottom to the top and exterminate these parasites. So, fairly simple premise. That's really all the story that there is in this game. But there's, um, it's kind of a cool idea that uh, that we're working on because what she says there, like I must ascend from from bottom to top, is really kind of the whole crux of this game, and. Uh, and it works out in a really, really like interesting way that actually I've never seen another Metroid game do this uh, necessarily. Probably compare it to Metroid Two or or like maybe Samus Returns or or AM2R. Any any one of those variants I think is what you could compare this game to, except like in reverse. So basically, you start at the depth of the planet and you're venturing your way up, 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 and up. Maybe maybe it's actually similar to Metroid Dread in that respect, but. Um, it differs a lot from Metroid Dread, and it's more similar to Metroid 2 in the sense that, like... So there's three areas in the game. Um, and you start off in Area 1, and then you progress to Area 2, and then you progress to Area 3. But I would say pretty much exclusively when you progress to Area... Like, the next area up, there's really not any reason to go back to the previous area unless you want to go and get like any expansions that you may have missed or, or or whatever, right? Like there's really not like a whole lot of of um reason to go back and there's really not a lot of viable ways to get back. Like really there's one elevator that takes you up from area 1 to 2 and then one elevator that takes you up from area 2 to 3. So it's it's pretty it's pretty segmented that way, but I will say that that's kind of offset by these three areas themselves because they are massive. Like, they're they're massive. I would say that each area... Maybe this is too far, but it felt that way when I was playing it. I would say each area is almost the equivalent of, like, a full-size Super Metroid map. And, and if not, maybe if that's going a bit too far, I would say, like, at least, like half of a Super Metroid map, at least per area, because each area kind of has a couple different themes going on. So it's not like, it's not like Metroid Fusion, for example, where like Sector sector 3 is the fire area, Sector 5 is the ice area, you know what I mean? Like Area 1 had multiple different kind of sub areas to it, where like there was a, 
you know, there is like a, a your typical criteria like area with all the rocks and stuff like that. There was kind of a more green Brinstar foliage kind of area. And then in level two, you kind of got over to like there were some research labs and then there was some some red Brinstar places. And then there was like a, a toxic waste kind of area. And there's you know what I mean? And like level three, we kind of have like a, a lot of it's based off Meridia. So there's a lot of rocky water kind of gimmicks. Some of it is, is kind of molded after the wrecked ship. And then, of course, when you get to kind of the final throws there, you end up in a place that looks a lot like Torian. So each each area does have like its own multiple like different sub areas, which kind of gives each area, you know, like a little bit more of a unique kind of blended identity, I guess. So that works out really well, but I would I would say that the areas are like oh god, they're almost too big. Like they're they're ginormous. And not just like in terms of like the the map itself, which is obviously ginormous, but like the individual rooms, like a lot of them are just huge. Like they're huge, huge, huge rooms. Um, so there's a lot of stuff going on. It took me a long time to get through this game, and I would say that it was like it was tough. It was there was a lot of moments, particularly at the end in area three, where I had like no idea, like no idea where to go at all. So um, it, it was definitely it was definitely challenging. And one thing that kind of adds to the challenge too, which is kind of a central gimmick of this game, is that Ascent asks you to. I can't remember what they actually call them, but they're they're basically like different points on the maps where like little um, I don't know machines are that that help the parasites grow or like I don't know something like that. There's there's a bunch of MacGuffins that you have to destroy on the map, and I think each area has about three or four, and so that's your primary goal is to find all these different MacGuffins and destroy them. And they're just like they're literally just like a thing that you can bomb, and then they're done. They're they're dead. Um, but one thing that kind of adds to the challenge with that is that Super Metroid Ascent uses like a different kind of lock and key system where there are, there's like, um, what's a proper word for them? Basically, it's like linked rooms that you can go into. And the way that the game kind of wants to steer you is that there's there's a bunch of these linked doors and they're marked as such on your map with a D. Um so there's a bunch of these linked doors, but you can only open the linked doors from one side. So you can get to a point on the map, see a doorway, and oftentimes it's just not, the doorway is inactive, and it's not going to be active until you venture further and get there in a different in a different way, and then you activate those doors. It's actually kind of similar to Metroid Fusion when you have to unlock like the uh, like the different locks, like the security level locks and stuff like that. Same kind of idea there, except a lot of these ones are like, like the doors are directly linked so you have to open up the left side in order to activate and open up the right side so this is this is found like throughout the game and it can kind of be frustrating at times because if you were to look at your map you would then say like oh great like i haven't progressed past here you might head to that point and then realize that the door is not actually available to you to go through um but it is convenient later in the game because then you can go back and you know like open the door and then you have a shortcut to navigate around the world which does help another thing that helps navigating around the world as well speaking of which is kind of the same idea is there are warp points but they warp to the same like area so so you can't go you can't find a warp point in i don't know area three that will take you back to area one you can only 
You can only warp from Area 3 to another point in Area 3, which is, I feel like, a little bit of a missed opportunity, but uh, it still does make it a little bit more convenient for traversing around a lot. Um, there's, like... There's, like I said, the, the the maps are so big that these points really do kind of come in handy. But they're, they're another one that you have to find, like, the warp point first and unlock it. So, it's not like you can, it's not like you can find a warp point. So, let me back up, actually. When you find a warp point, or a warp door, maybe more specifically, you go into another room, and it's called the Void. And the Void has, uh, let's just say, five or six different doors that you can go into, but... All of them are going to be locked if you haven't found the place on the map that lets you actually like activate that yet. So it's not exactly the same as in, uh, let's say, for example, an AM2R when you get to the distribution center and you can take all of those different points to different areas. And like maybe you're going to get to somewhere that you've never actually gone through before because you're at this war point. It doesn't work exactly like that. It's really just for fast travel in and around the map. And But I didn't really find it actually all that all that helpful, to be honest. Like, I, I thought that it was as helpful more so just to kind of get to where I was going and, and run the map versus take those warp points because they're so sporadically laid out. And once again, the map is, like, so massive that by the time you've kind of went through the warp points, through the doors, kind of got your bearings again where, where you pop out, it's like, yeah, maybe I should have just, like, taken, <laughs> taken the, the long way and just got here myself faster. So... Um, but it was like kind of a cool idea and, and one thing that I think kind of, you know, again, gives a little bit of a unique identity to Super Metroid Ascent. Um, so let's talk about another thing that I, I always talk about. I kind of run down a checklist when I start these uh, Metroid ROM hacks and you, you guys are probably sick of hearing me talk about it by now. But I will say one thing that uh, that obviously I I picked up upon right away was the music and the music is... It's like it's remixed, but not much, uh, but not too much. And and I know that that sounds kind of weird, but like, so the first, I would say half of the game has like the red Brinstar theme playing, for example, in an area, but it's it's remixed like slightly. So it's not, it's not like exactly the same, but it's not completely different either. I would liken it to like, if you ever hear like, I don't know, a musician covering another song and like it's exact same song same words same whatever but maybe their their cadence or some of the delivery of the specific lines is a little bit different so it's the same music but but remix slightly um and as you progress into the game to be fair you do hear some original compositions which i think is like very cool i've i'm a big fan of like you know adding even if it's not like new music like i remember we did um what was that game i think it was the metroid zero mission the the scrolls one where they had like the Donkey Kong music and the Zelda music. And like, I just think like having different Metroid music is like such a unique identifier because, you know, you can only, when you hear the Norfair theme, you're like, oh, like I'm thinking of Norfair. I'm thinking of Ridley. I'm thinking of all those enemies and stuff like that. Whereas, you know, if you hear a different theme, it kind of helps, at least in my mind, kind of get you into the game a little bit more. Um, so that was cool to see, especially in the latter areas where they did have more, you know, like more, uh, more music. So that, that was cool. Um, the backgrounds and the sprite work themselves are phenomenal. Me, this might be actually the most beautiful ROM hack that I've played. Um, there's not a lot of new enemy sprites. Most of them are super Metroid enemies. Um, with maybe, 
I was gonna say like maybe like a handful of of new enemies, um, but like most of them are like kind of smaller enemies, like the parasites uh, specifically, and they're just kind of very basic pixels. But uh, like every enemy looks awesome. Um, the color palettes for almost every enemy has kind of been flipped, so they you know when you see a space pirate, it looks like a space pirate, but it it's remixed a little bit, so it does look cool. And um, I mean I'm no I'm no graphic designer or anything like that, but just the way that these games, uh, like the way that the backgrounds look, is is just spectacular. It actually, I remember Vitality had some absolutely incredible backgrounds as well. I would say that this is probably as pretty in a lot of areas, um, but like it also has like a sense of kind of grit to it as well, which I feel like Super Metroid has. So it like it, it strikes a really fine balance between like these really gorgeous views and like I said, a lot of these rooms are like massive. Um, but I think that it also has kind of that eerie atmosphere of like Super Metroid or even like Metroid 2. Um, so yeah, I would say, uh, like, again, I, I might rank this as one of the, as one of the prettiest ROM hacks that, uh, that I've ever played. So, um, so getting into the game itself. So the game starts fairly, fairly normally. I'm going through, um, and I'm, you know, I'm venturing through the planet, getting my items, getting my first couple items. Um, one thing that I like I've noticed about this game right away is that I think that the game does a really good job of not making power-ups like too obtuse. You know what I mean? Even though this game does have the same problem as other Super Metroid hacks where like, you know, when, when you're looking at the map, um, there's a dot and that dot means that there's an item there somewhere. And even if you get that item, it just still shows up as a dot. And as we all know, that's been corrected in future Metroid titles. Metroid Fusion and on would have a circle. And when you've got the item, it's a dot. That doesn't exist in this. And I mean, that's just like kind of a, that's just kind of a like byproduct of Super Metroid being a 30-year-old game. But I, I do wish that they would be able to change that. But that being said, I do feel like the, the items were laid out in a fairly like non-obtuse way. And that's not to say that they weren't hard. They were, a lot of them were hard to get. But what this game will do instead is, I mean, there's there's a lot of points on the map where you do have the dot, so you know that you have to check that area out. But one thing that this game does a lot, which I've noticed, is that it will, um, the map will just kind of end, but when you look at it, it's not, uh, like the grid isn't closed, let's just say. Like the box isn't, like, box. It looks like you can continue on, even though there may be a wall there or whatever, right? Like, if you were playing and looking at the actual game, it would look like, there's nowhere else to go, but if you were looking at your map, it would be like, oh, like there's there's more, you know, there's more to this corridor. So when you see that on your map, then you can do some digging around. And oftentimes it leads to, you know, there's there's a bomb tunnel or something like that, or whatever, right? That you can progress a little bit further in. Sometimes it leads to expansion, sometimes it leads to um, warp points, sometimes it just leads to like literally the way forward. But I thought that the game did a really good job of that. But um so I was exploring and exploring, and so I didn't quite know what to expect because um, I got I got a weird combo of items to uh, to start off with here. So I got I got uh, you know the morph ball first, and I was like, okay, yep, this is good. Got the bombs next, and I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty good. And then I got the plasma beam, and I was like, oh, okay. Um, and then after that was the grapple beam, and I was like. Oh, all right. And you already start the game with the various suits, so you know, you have that. So the the order of items was a little bit sporadic and um 
it stayed kind of sporadic in that sense, actually. Like the last, you know, the last big acquisition item that you get is the space jump. And I'm jumping a little bit ahead here, but the the order of items was a little bit a little bit weird. So I was kind of wondering to myself, I was like, well, I wonder if the order of bosses is going to be a little bit weird. And, you know, it started off pretty normally. So I got to the Terizo fight. And I like I'm a sucker for Terizo. I think that that fight is always fun. One thing that I did notice right away is that bosses actually have an HP counter in this game, which I think is very, very cool. Um, and like, not like a bar like in Metroid Prime, but like, just like it'll have uh, something similar to what Samus has, where like it'll count down from 100 how much HP the boss actually has left. So I thought that, that was just like a cool, neat little touch. So I, I did Spore Spawn uh, next, and um, he was likewise fun. And um, at this point, I'm, I'm kind of figuring out like a lot of these bosses kind of have extra gimmicks attached to them to make them a little bit tougher. So Spore Spawn had way more... Like, the room was smaller, and there was way more critters in that room. The Chorizo fight was mostly the same, but Spore Spawn upped the ante a little bit and just had a little bit of a different sequence to it. And then afterwards had, like, a really fun escape sequence that reminded me a lot of AM2R's Power Plant. So I was, you know, I was kind of like, all right, like, we're, we're going off to, uh, you know, to, to a good start here. I was feeling pretty good. I wasn't feeling underpowered, anything like that. So I'm playing and progressing through the map. And by the way, actually, one thing that I want to shout out that, my God, my God, this was so refreshing. But I'm playing this game, and if you open the map, each room has its own name. Like in Metroid Prime, each room has a name. So I can't tell you how difficult it is writing the guides for like Metroid Fusion or Metroid or Super Metroid. And you're kind of, you're trying to describe some of these rooms. And if they just had a name, it would be so much easier. So instead of saying to like people in the Super Metroid Guide, like, yeah, so you have to go to the pink bubble room in uh, the middle of Brinstar. If you could just say to him, like, this room is literally called Pink Bubble, so you can't mess it up. That would be so, so, so nice. I've never seen uh, a 2D ROM hack do this. I thought that this was the most spectacular thing. Most of the names were like kind of ironic and, and goofy and funny, which I think takes away a little bit. But um, the fact that they had names at all, oh my God, this was so awesome. Which also makes it a little bit more frustrating why you can't maybe change, you know what I mean? Change those dots to circles or have the ability to look at other areas in the game, even if you're not in that area, which is something that I've bitched about multiple times on this show. But I don't know, maybe that's just something in the actual Super Metroid code that you just like, can't change I, I i don't know um so yeah so i i was uh i was going along i was going along and then i i mostly got through um area one no problem and that was like i said that was kind of like the more introductory level um i think that like area two is when the game really kind of started popping off and there was like there was this really fun segment i mentioned this toxic lab earlier there was um a really fun segment where there's like, I don't know how to describe it. Smog might be the best word. Um, and so there's like, there's smog hanging in the air and it's like, it's 2d obviously. So like it's, uh, it's presented essentially just as like almost like floating lava or floating poison or something like that. Right. But so it's in the air and there's a lot of like really, really cool puzzles where you have to, 
essentially avoid that, which I, I thought really added a lot of utility to the game. Um, and there's also there's also like this cool gravity gimmick, and but I I don't think they use it to the fullest extent. But like there's this gimmick where if you get into morph ball form, you can if you're rolling along and you hit a let's just call it a green specific block your gravity will be inverted and you will go roll on the ceiling. And basically until you unmorph or you're hit, you'll stay with that particular sort of gravity. Um, the other way that you can get down is if you hit like that, the red switch, that will bring you down as well to, to regular gravity, let's just say. So there was a bunch of those puzzles as well, which I thought was like pretty cool. Again, I don't know how much they they utilize it to its full potential, but I did think that it was um, it was pretty neat. And, uh, so yeah, I was going through and, and exploring this really fun, like, uh, this toxin section and I got the next item I got was awesome. And it was the boost ball, which is a blast in 2d. Um, so essentially what it was, was, uh, you would, you'd get into morph ball form, you'd press a, and you literally just boost ahead of you. Uh, so instead of holding down a, or whatever button you guys used to run faster in super Metroid instead, you, you just press it for a moment, and then you are off to the races. It seemed, like, so simple and so, like, such just like a, a no-brainer idea. I'm actually surprised that nothing like this has been implemented in any 2D Metroid games. Because it was, like, it was basically the same idea as the cross bombs in um, Metroid Dread, where, like, often there would be, like, a, a big row of pitfall blocks or whatever that you'd need to get across, and the boost ball would help you get across them before you could fall, which is what kind of Metroid Dread did as well, but the boost ball, like, took you way, way further than um, the cross bombs did in Metroid Dread, so really cool gimmick, and I, and I thought that it was fun. And I used it to fight... Oh, dude. I fought this really messed-up-looking Crocomire. He wasn't as messed up as in Vitality. That was, like, really disgusting. But he was, like, a pretty... He was a pretty bad boy in this game. He was kind of all blacked and scarred and ripped and torn and stuff like that. Uh, so I, I, you know, I was fighting him and it was actually kind of cool because like there was, um, there was like, I don't know, something on the ground during that Crocomire fight, but you actually started firing off like hyper beam ammo that you would usually have at the end of the game. It didn't really do any more damage than a missile or any beams or anything like that, but it was kind of cool to see like hyperbeam going on and and whatever during this fight with Crocomire. So, I defeated him. Same as always, he fell into the lava, and then afterwards I was gifted the Toxin suit, which is a badass sounding suit, and it looked cool too. It's like a it kind of looks like that Smash Bros. green variant of, like, the various suit where, like, Samus's shoulder pads are green and, uh, like, her, her middle is yellow still. So, very cool, as the name implies. It, it lets you traverse through, um, you know, through the toxic areas a lot, a lot faster and a lot more safely. So, that was pretty cool. And I would say, at this point, I was like, man, this game is, like, really, really, really clicking. I was a few hours in at this point, but I was, I was really kind of digging it. So, not long after that is when I got the speed booster. And the speed booster in this game is unlike anything that I've seen before in any other Metroid game, Metroid hack, anything. It's it's incredibly unique and I think I think it's both good and bad. Um so what the speed booster does is it's actually slow. It's like it's not fast at all. Uh, sorry, let me rephrase that. Shine sparking is actually slow. Like it's it's completely you're crawling actually um you're not going fast whatsoever but 
the reason that you're doing this is because you can change the directions of the shine spark as you're as you're shine sparking. So you can you can go like up, down, left, uh, right, whatever. You can turn into a ball while you're doing this as well if you need to get some clearance. So it's very cool. Like it's a very cool idea to be able to change um, directions while you're shine sparking. But of course, in Super Metroid, when you're shine sparking, you're taking damage as you're doing this. So uh, <laughs> going slow doesn't always necessarily equate to uh, it's not good for your health while you're shine sparking. But um, it was a really cool gimmick, and there were some like really really cool puzzles and expansions that you do in this game. Uh, with that feature so it was it was very unique i've never seen it done in another metroid game or even another metroidvania at all actually so i i thought you know i thought that it was kind of a cool risk to take um you can jump while while you're actually speed boosting too just like a metroid dread which i thought was um was pretty cool as well and another thing that you can find in this game is there's actually items called i want to say they're called shine spark E reducer, and so what that essentially means is that your your damage doesn't drain as fast while you're shine sparking. So it was kind of like a very, you know, it's a simple item, but like I I thought that uh, I thought that like it was a simple but logical piece of business that you really could only find in Super Metroid because this is really the only game that you take damage while you're shine sparking. So it was uh you know it's a little things, and it I kind of been a big proponent of this for a long time where like. You know, there comes a point where you don't need any more missile expansions and you don't need any more power bombs. But like items like that, I, I think are like very cool and, and maybe something that actual 2D Metroid should consider. Um, so let's go. I was I was uh, pressing through area two and the next boss that I fought was Ridley, which was kind of weird because there was like this psycho Ridley fight first where like you kind of fight him and then like he just flies away. And I was like, Okay, all right, whatever. So a little bit later in the map, I get to the actual Ridley fight, and he's the first boss that I've faced since Spore Spawn. So I was just like, all right, that's weird. Um, and I fought him, and he, man, he was like pathetically easy, actually. It was, uh, it was like they put the Zero Mission Ridley in this game by mistake. So that was a little bit disappointing, but then I got to Kraid, and holy shit, this dude was a absolute tank he he was crazy hard which seems like really insane to say because it's usually the opposite but like Kraid, he had an outrageous an outrageous amount of hp and i think that the thing about the Kraid fight in super metroid just like the base super metroid is i like i consider it easy and i think that most of us probably consider it easy but the thing about that fight is like the longer it goes on, the harder that it gets. And it's only easy because he doesn't, Kraid doesn't have very much HP in Super Metroid. So you're able to, I mean, you can quick kill him with like three super missiles if you really want. And if you miss that quick kill, it really doesn't take you a very long time to beat Kraid. Like you can, you can beat Kraid in a, in a fairly, I don't know, I would say like less than three minutes. But if his HP is, is beefy, I mean, like, look out, because then you've got all the, all those, like, stomach gross platform things shooting at you, there's, there's stuff flying around in the air everywhere, there's spikes on the ground, it was the exact same Kraid fight, except mirrored, um, he was on the left side, I was on the right, but, um, yeah, the, just the, the amount of HP just made it 
so difficult. Actually, so on my first try, I beat Kraid. I beat him. But I had like two HP left, okay? And so I finally I finally hit the last shot and I could see the animation that he was dead. And I was like, oh my god, yes. And then I fell on the ground and hit the spikes and killed myself. So we both died at the same time. So it, it was it was not good. I had to go back and uh and then I had to to fight him again and beat him again. And it, it was really hard, actually, but uh kind of felt uh, felt accomplished. And it, it was actually a little bit more strategic than I remember a lot of the Super Metroid Kraid fights being, or the Zero Mission Kraid fights being for that matter. So a really good Kraid fight. Um maybe like maybe behind Dread, like the best Kraid fight that, that I've done. Um and there's a another insane escape sequence after you beat Kraid. Like a, another one. And it was it was actually like incredibly detailed and outrageous. It was like an Ori in the Blind Forest escape sequence. That's how kind of intricate it was. Um so I I mean it was uh it was a pretty cool memorable boss fight and a good way to end up uh or end off on area two. Got to area three, and like I said, it's kind of the meridia of this, but like so I get there, I don't have a gravity suit, and I'm thinking like great uh, i want i'm really hoping i can get this soon and so i'm progressing through progressing through and um i have to say i never thought i never thought i'd say this in my life but man the bot wound fight was insane it was so hard it was so hard um so there's a couple different things that made this like absolutely ridiculous one is that there are these platforms everywhere and there's these like I forgot what the enemy is called, but it's a super fast enemy that just like, it'll basically do like a, a square, like a, he'll go in a square path around the entire room. So this stupid little thing is flying around all the time. And if you kill it, another one just pops up. The second thing is that the room is slowly filling with water. So like your movement with all these platforms is like severely impaired. And Botwoon, as we all know, is like incredibly fast as he starts taking damage. So I, 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 feel a little bit ashamed saying it but like this was like a really really hard fight i used all my super missiles i used all my missiles um and eventually i beat him with like like one missile left and i finally was able to get out of there with like barely hanging on by a thread i would say too by the way that i i feel like the amount of like i never felt like i was incredibly like under equipped like i i always felt like i had a fair amount of energy tanks a fair amount of missiles super missiles etc um like the the game certainly gets harder but like i i never thought that i like it was hard because i didn't have enough resources like like obviously i i didn't finish the game with 100 percent items and like i didn't have all the energy tanks or whatever but i i felt like i had enough to you know to contend uh with with some difficult enemies and stuff like that and there i think there's like at least six reserve tanks in this game as well and i ended up with four of them so that's all just to say that like this was just a well-designed hard fight that that you know really was just challenging so it wasn't and it wasn't artificially challenging which i thought was um was kind of nice so the unfortunate part of this actually is that afterwards you get the gravity suit, which replaces the toxin suit, uh, which is like the, this gravity suit just looks like the regular gravity suit. So it's kind of too bad because I I kind of had grown accustomed to the cool looking toxin suit, right? So uh, a little bit disappointed in that. Um, so a couple items that I got next, I got the screw attack. The screw attack was completely useless in this game. 
Honestly, it was. The screw tack is my favorite item in Metroid just because you feel like such a uh, a badass when you have it on. But, like, I don't think that the screw tack killed a single enemy with a jump in this game. You would, Now, you could jump through them and you could jump and you wouldn't take damage by anything, which I guess makes it not useless. But it doesn't have that same destructive power that we've kind of associated it with um, in, in games prior. One th- one kind of cool thing, though, is that you do get the, instead of, like, the traditional Super Metroid screw attack animation, you kind of get, like, the hyper beam animation. So you're doing, like, this rainbowy color thing as you're jumping. It, it looks pretty cool. So that was a plus. And then afterwards, I got the wave beam, which this wave beam was completely unlike any other wave beam that we've seen in the series. Again, um... So what made it different is that it really, like, it really travels slowly, like at a snail's pace. So you fire it, and, I mean, as the name sounds, the the it fires two beams, and they start kind of waving, so they're going up and down and whatever. But they're traveling so, so slowly that it really doesn't make it viable to actually use them in the game if you're fighting enemies. So I actually only turned on the wave beam when I needed it, which wasn't very often. One thing I noticed too is that the wave beam, if you fire it a lot, really like slowed down the game's performance by like a considerable amount actually. So that was um that was too bad. I never actually got the spacer beam. I found it, but I just I couldn't get it for for whatever reason. I just I couldn't figure out the puzzle. And that at this point it was like at the end of um area two and I was like Okay, I want to I wanna get a move on here. I want to get going. Um, so yeah, the wave beam was, was a little bit too bad. And, and at this point, like in Area 3, the enemy difficulty like really started to ramp up. Like really started to ramp up to the point where like, you're, like a, a basic enemy would take two or three super missiles in order to defeat. And like if we're talking like space pirates or... Or any of those like upper echelon enemies, it was uh, it was it was a trip trying to defeat them. So this game, re it really kind of upped the up the difficulty for sure. Um, so I finally, finally got the goddamn space jump in this game, which made traversing way way easier. Uh, I got the ice beam shortly after that as well. But um, man, like going through this game without space jump versus with the space jump is it really was almost like flicking a switch and it did make a lot of traversal a lot a lot easier uh, let's just put it that way especially because as i mentioned the rooms are like so insanely massively big um so i wanted to actually point out another part in the map so uh there's this crazy this crazy ass puzzle involving you know those moving enemies that just like kind of jump up and down they like zigzag and they they make like the diamond shape or whatever um there's a there was a room and it was called the the mind puzzle room and there was a bunch of blocks that only these enemies could break and so you had to kind of you had to lay a power bomb to get them out of this like confinement that they were in and then you kind of had to like guide them over to to these blocks that you wanted them to break. And uh, I, I won't go into describing the entire um, the entire puzzle, but I wanted to shout it out because it was like the, the biggest, I mean, really, it was like a mind-bend mind puzzle. It was 
It took forever. It's probably the longest puzzle I've ever done in Super Metroid, uh, like any kind of version of Super Metroid. It was way too long, actually, but it was still like, it was still kind of fun and rewarding at the end. I got a weapons tank damage increase as a reward. So, uh, yeah, there you go. There's actually three of those in the game, um, but I only got two, uh, which didn't really noticeably increase my offensive output, but uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, one thing that I will shout out, so I'm, I'm, I'm in Area 3, and now I'm kind of getting towards the end of the game, finally. And uh, one thing that you don't see very often in Super Metroid hacks, at least that I've noticed, is the actual Super Metroid, the baby Metroid. And there's this kind of cool room where, like, you, there's a bunch of Metroids or whatever, and they'll follow you, and eventually, almost like an ex-parasite, they'll kind of merge together and create a bigger version of an enemy, and that's what they do, is they merge together and create, like, the Super Metroid, and unfortunately it's just an enemy in this game, but I thought that was cool to see that sprite show up, because I, I don't recall actually seeing that in a lot of other Super Metroid hacks that I've played. Um, so here here we are now. So I very distinctly remember this part, where I, I felt like I kind of hit a wall. I was so stuck. I had no idea what to do, and I spent at least an hour and a half just like traversing the map, running around, not just like banging my head against the wall, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And by chance, I happened to go back to another room um, that had a, a, a great outdoor. And uh, there was this weird enemy, a new enemy in this game. Um, but it was a weird enemy that you, I had to defeat. And I had tried shooting it earlier in the game. And none of my weaponry was really working on it. And so imagine like a ball with like a floating... A floating circle around it and the circle has like two breaks in it where you can get your your missiles in so eventually i tried going back and i blasted these guys with super missiles and after about 10 super missiles he was destroyed and this thing actually like hit me with a laser that completely like it took away all my every tank i had it was like being hit by mother brain at the end of super metroid um like literally if i didn't have reserve tanks i would have died so it's this enemy basically killed me and i killed it and i finally finally was able to progress but there is like a real stretch there where i was just like oh my god like what am i doing wrong like what is going up and of course no guides or walkthroughs or nothing exists for these games so i was just like Ugh. and i my feeling was like oh my god i'm already behind on this show like am i i can't just not beat this game so that was that was a little bit stressful so i'm thinking that most people playing this won't have that kind of uh added time crunch that they're imposing on themselves but i did so that made it a little bit of a slog afterwards but when i finally did beat those enemies the game the game opened up for the final stretch and um the next boss was golden chorizo and that was kind of fun because like there was there was actually like a chase sequence before the fight so like you had to go in this in this morph ball tunnel and um then the golden chorizo dropped behind you and started slowly making his way towards you so you're boosting you're jumping you're doing those like gravity red green things that i was talking about earlier to kind of avoid him that was pretty cool and then the actual fight against golden trezo i like i really love that fight i think it's the most underrated fight in super metroid actually um and it was you know it was typically it was a blast and uh you know i i actually use super missiles against this guy which is something that i almost never do because he can usually just catch the super missiles but i had an, enough super missiles where i i felt okay firing one he caught it and then i jumped up and fired another one that hit him right in the chest um one thing that i would say 
about this fight is that doing the golden trezo fight with the uh with the screw attack definitely makes it a little bit easier definitely makes it a little bit easier so that was good um and then i followed a path after it's a fairly straightforward path and then immediately after you fight fantoon and uh i was like okay and again there's this like smog that's hanging for the upper part of the room so if you jump you're gonna get uh hit by the smog which like this stuff drains your life like crazy like probably two seconds and a tank is drained like it it's it's killer how much this smog drains your health and so i actually went to this fantoon fight immediately after fighting golden chorizo so i had like two tanks left not very many missiles or whatever and i actually was kind of surprised to to beat him i and, and not really have that much trouble actually beating him at all um which was kind of funny for like such a you know such a hard game um and from after that i went to you know you follow the path and then you get to the final boss. Dragon wasn't here, by the way. Or maybe he was, and I just, like, didn't end up fighting him. But he was the only boss that I never encountered the whole game. But I went through, and I got to the final boss, which was not Mother Brain. Mother Brain doesn't appear anywhere in here. It was this really weird enemy. And I th- this enemy, I believe, is called the Source. The room itself was called the Source. And what this enemy was, it was, like, this pixelated... It, it, it almost looked like the missing no from Pokemon. For all you old schoolers who know what that is. Um, it was like this pixelated flying blob that just flew around. And he didn't try and attack you. He just flew around in this ginormous room. And you had to like pepper him with, with super missiles. And he had just an unbelievable amount of HP. It was crazy. Um, so it probably took like half an hour to, for me to actually beat this guy. Because of course as he you know, as you hit him, he starts flying way, way, way faster, and, uh, there were, like, these little, these little, like, enemies that would appear, they were, like, little floating cloud things, and those, thank god, you could screw attack through, and you could get health, you could get missiles, stuff like that, so it wasn't really, like, you were, yeah, I wasn't in danger of dying, um, it just, it took a long time, too long, I would say, actually, um, to beat this thing, but once I did beat it, then the final escape sequence is triggered, is a five-minute escape sequence, and, uh, hell i ran um and it was a long way to go and you're and instead of a lot of other games um I, sh- I guess i shouldn't say that i was gonna say like you run through like a large portion of the map to get to the escape sequence um and i guess you run through the map in in like you know fusion and super as well but it felt like you were in there for a lot more like you were in a lot more rooms that you were already in beforehand um anyways so i i ran i ran i ran i ran and finally finally escaped this goddamn planet um however i did not save my friends maybe that option was there i'm not sure but i if it was i didn't see it uh because i looked for it actually and you did see the uh the edicoons and decoras um i didn't see the turtle guy or shack tool though but um i did see them so sorry to them they were stuck on the planet and i finished the game with a clear time of 7.25 with 70.7% items. Now, I uh, I was using some save states and other stuff in there, so I would suspect that I was probably pushing nine hours with my save time, actually. So it was a pretty... It was pretty intense. And like I said, there were a lot of, like... 
really mind-bending puzzles that, uh, frankly, I was just like, I have no idea how to do these. I got to get this episode out. I'm just going to get this done. So there's there's a lot of meat left on the bone to go back and explore. And maybe my pal Dragon is in there somewhere. I'm not sure. But um, yeah, so my, my thoughts are a little bit conflicted on this hack because in the write-up here, I, I said like, you know, does this soar above all the other hacks or crumble under its own ambitions? And I would say for the most part, like, I, I think that this game, this hack does, like, a, a fantastic job of presenting, like, a really unique and really, like, a, a different kind of Super Metroid experience. Uh, like, a, far different than a lot of other hacks have offered. But I do think that at times it kind of gets caught up in its own grandeur, like... I think that it's a little bit, it indulges in itself a little bit too much. Like, it's too long, the rooms are, are too big. Um, some of the, like, some of the puzzles, not that I don't want, like, awesome puzzles, I do. But I would say that some of the puzzles do feel like a little, I mean, listen, this is for veteran Super Metroid players. So, like, you know, probably to them, it's not that big of a deal, but it does make it a little bit less accessible for your average Metroid fan who might be interested in getting into the world of ROM hacks. And in that sense, I would say that, like, it, this is almost like a like a hike, like a, a like a 50K hike or something like that. Like, you have to build your way up to it, right? Like, I, I would never recommend this to someone as their first Super Metroid ROM hack. Like, it's just... It's too difficult, it's too big, it's too long, and, um, you know, there's too much going on. Um, I would say that if you are a Super Metroid veteran and you're looking for a challenge, this is probably exactly what you want. So, yeah, um, a really, you know, a really, really great hack. I, I wouldn't say it was the favorite one that I've ever played, but I think that it was the most ambitious that I've played, and it had a lot of really, really unique ideas so again shout out to uh, to benox 50 for creating uh, super metro descent and and what a wonderful hack that it is um and i would you know I, like i said i wouldn't recommend it to people um just starting off in the world of hacks but i would i would have no problem recommending it to, to big fans of super metroid and and really skilled players so there we go okay so that's the last ROM hack reviews for a while, and it's finally time to talk about what's coming next. And uh, I'm excited about this because it actually doesn't it doesn't require as much prep, but I think that the conversation is going to be a lot more fun. And I'm gonna get all of you guys in on the action as well. So replacing ROM hack reviews starting next month is going to be what I am calling the great metroid area ranking and so what that is let me back up a little bit so everyone here knows that uh that i'm pretty good pals with uh with a certain gooey fame of uh virtual theater and zelda dungeon fame um and so he has a fantastic youtube channel where he has a series called gooey's dungeon dives and what he does is he rank every video is a new video ranking a dungeon in the Legend of Zelda series. And he he decided to go chronologically. So we ranked every dungeon in Zelda NES. He ranked every dungeon in Zelda 2, Link to the Past, etc., etc. So we're going to steal that gimmick. <laughs> and, and actually, Gooey is going to join me on my first episode of the great Metroid area ranking and, uh, and, and do that with me. 
And so what we're going to do is we are going to do the exact same thing with Metroid areas. And there's no like entirely set criteria. Maybe we'll have one as we go along, but like we're not gonna have like a checklist of like this is really good this way, really good that way. To start off, we're not gonna have that. We're just gonna kind of freestyle and we're gonna talk about how we think these Metroid areas are um, and how they stack up against one another. One thing that we're gonna do is we're gonna do things a little bit differently. We're gonna do two areas per month two areas per month and um, we're not going to do them in any kind of sequential order we're just going to pick two areas and that's where you guys come in so we're going to pick the first two Gooey and I are going to pick the first two areas to start off but after that we're going to throw up a poll on Patreon and we're going to give you four choices about areas that you would like to see us cover next and um, again you can suggest areas that you want and we'll put them in the poll and we'll we'll see there's the only rule is that we're every we're only going to do we're going to do two areas per month and they're going to be two areas from two different games and if you're going to suggest places they have to be they have to follow that they have to be two areas from two different games and we want to kind of try and space out like some of the you know some of the heavy hitters so we don't want to have month one with Fendrana and uh, I don't know Torvis Bog and then next month is Sanctuary Fortress and Brinstar we want to get some of those other areas that we don't get a chance to talk about a lot into the into the mix as well and and frankly some of the like areas that you hate can really make up for for good podcasting so I'm really excited about this I, I think that it's going to be a lot more fun a lot more um like a lot less prep work and just a lot more of a like a fun flowy conversation and i'm excited for you guys to get in on the action too so like i said we're gonna throw up a poll and um if you, you guys can vote on it over on patreon and whatever wins is what we're gonna end up doing um and you can suggest away in in the in discord in the patron chat and let me know what your suggestions are um but yeah i'm really looking forward to this the great metroid area ranking so for reference there's like a hundred metroid areas so we're gonna start off with two but i don't know maybe we'll maybe we'll even up the ante in a little bit as well uh we'll we'll see how the first couple episodes go but yeah i'm I'm really i'm really pumped about this i'm really excited um i was looking for something just a bit different to do which uh, i i think that this is going to offer us and i'm like i said i'm really i'm really looking forward to to talking about some of these areas that you know like we don't get to talk about um, some areas on the show, like we have mapping Metroid where we can do like the big well-known areas, but there's a lot of other areas that frankly, you just don't have an hour's worth of content for. And so I think that doing it this way allows us to kind of, you know, give some love to the areas that don't necessarily always, always get that love. So that's going to be debuting this month. Gooey fame is going to be joining me for episode number one. And, uh, I'm, I'm really excited to get going on that. So, there we go. Um, so yeah, that is it. That's ROM Hack Reviews. Uh, I hope that you guys have uh, have enjoyed this series. And I hope that this has inspired you guys to maybe check out some of these different ROM hacks. It certainly inspired me to to start this ROM hack journey and, and really kind of open my eyes to you know the whole other world, really, that's out there if you're a Metroid fan. Um, and I know that we've been eating good lately with you know Fusion and Metroid 2, Metroid Prime Remastered and stuff like that. But you know, there's there's been long periods of time where there hasn't been that that new Metroid content. So these hacks, I feel like, are just like a really really incredible way to you know to to be a Metroid fan, but play something new. Um, so I I'm grateful to everyone that has made a hack. I'm grateful to 
to all these guys that uh, you know that that I that have made the hacks that I've reviewed here on the show over the last year. And um, you know, I am excited to eventually go back to this series down the road. But I'm really looking forward to the Great Metroid Area ranking. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. And um, I mean, hey, it's never too early to to start throwing out suggestions for next month. So next month is going to be April. Let me know in the in the patron chat like what you what you want to see, like what areas that you're interested in doing. So um, yeah, there we go. All right, well that is going to do it for this month. Uh, thank you to everyone for supporting Omega Metroid again. Thank you um, to everyone just for your patience uh, with this with this last month. Um, you know, I I want to say uh, on a personal note, I felt a lot better recording this podcast than the last one. So sorry if the last Spateri show was a little bit somber, but you know, feeling a little bit better these days. And I and I think that everyone's uh, understanding and, and kind words and stuff like that really helped. So uh, I just want to extend my love and and say thank you for that and uh yeah we'll see you we'll see you in just a few short weeks for the debut episode of the great metroid area ranking i'm stoked uh until then everybody take care